Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you into Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and my gambling picks on Twitter at UndercoverGreg, as we will run through a little bit of a rapid fire. NFL Week 16 edition of Full Slate here as we're recording on Christmas Eve. And uh, he's Alex Uplinger at full underscore slate underscore pod. Manages our podcast Twitter at Alex underscore up seven for the rest of his takes. Alex, my guy, Merry Christmas. How you doing? Merry Christmas, dude. I'm doing great, man. I'm having a good time. I'm live from you in Hershey, Pennsylvania, the chocolate capital of the east is coast. the amusement park all lit up these times of year good question i did not drive by i came in on the <laughs> on the turnpike from from pittsburgh so i'm not i'm not quite sure but i would think so i think they do a winter right a winter type of deal before we get into the nfl games i gotta ask you how are you gonna hold up tonight with no hawaii bowl to bet on it's it's honestly been a bit traumatic. I've been looking yeah. at uh, every year. Was some, the Hawaii Bowl, <laughs> literal I know. Of the sun. It's it's all we need. Now we have to actually talk to our family <laughs> on Christmas Eve. There's got to be something. I know. I know there's some there's some uh, virtual football. There's some Madden Sims going on right now. So maybe I'll look to that. One of my local bookies actually offers virtual dog racing so maybe i'll jump on a little 
little dog racing. I don't know, man. I, I think I just have to hang out with the family and watch Christmas movies. Yeah, I think you got to kind of bite the bullet on that. Now, I got to ask you this. Are you going to fire up the NBA Christmas Day unders? That's kind of a big thing every year now. It's getting kind of mainstream, that under trend on Christmas. Yeah, has it become a little bit too mainstream? Like, is it almost three years ago? Right? It it, it has to be be baked into the line, right? I haven't even looked at it, but I know I do it every single year. So it's definitely catching on. I think it's gotten a little too mainstream to play. I will look for certain spots, maybe a player prop under for certain players. I don't know. You might want to look to an over or two in some of these games. Because I know last year, a couple games did go over. Yeah, I think I want to say it was three and two last year. The under still pulled out the W, but it was it was I think the last game went under and uh, and that they're catching on, dude. They're catching on because a couple of years ago, every single game went over. Oh, it was like four and one every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're catching on quick. Well, let's get into the football now as we have a couple games on Christmas to start us off. The Cleveland Browns go to, excuse me, America's Dairyland and take on the Green Bay Packers. And Green Bay is a big seven and a half point home favorite in this game. Uh, Total in this game is sitting at 46 and a half. Uh, And Alex, I know Cleveland getting some players back. uh, Which, you know, namely Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum have been activated from the COVID list. But Browns now at 500. Thought it was going to be an uphill battle anyway for Cleveland to get to the playoffs. You have the Packers here who are obviously trying to get that number one seed and make the road to the Super Bowl go through Lambeau yet again, even though they screwed it up last year in the NFC Championship game. So it's a tough sell really on Cleveland. I think this is either where you, you lay the lumber or you pass. And I will say this, if you want to lay the lumber, I think Green Bay might be a better look in the first half because of how the game ended against Baltimore, where they were lucky enough to survive last week. Maybe they come out and, you know, they're a little pissed off given the way they finished there in Charm City. Uh, so I think Green Bay first half might be an even better look, but they probably will roll and cover this full game, right? Yeah, I kind of like the first half angle more now that you say that Baker Mayfield back I'm not entirely sure if that's a good thing I I think right. Keenum is, is honestly a, <laughs> I think Keenum is honestly a better quarterback while Baker's hurt seven is a little high I and think I would fake, you gotta be crossing half. your figures and hoping they pay Baker right oh absolutely <laughs> I would I would love if they played pay, pay, you know five years way too much money <laughs> You would love to see that. I don't know if they're going to do that after this sort of injury-plagued season. He's had several injuries. You can't really count on him. His entire game is that rushing attack, just working very well, and then he's rolling off the the play-action game and then finding you know some of these mediocre receivers down the field, solid tight ends. Yeah, I think a first Packers half bet would here, be though, stronger. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think even better would be just you go same game parlay, either Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams, anytime touchdown, and just parlay it with 
the Packers to win the game. Sure. We probably get plus money at that. Another big game uh, with playoff implications on Christmas night with the Indianapolis Colts going to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Indianapolis is a short underdog in this game of two points, uh, and it's probably one of the squarest dogs of the season, total of 49. Arizona was a team that a lot of people didn't want to buy into even when the Cardinals were winning. Now they're losing and in danger of falling out of first place in the NFC West. And Indianapolis is fresh off that standalone primetime Saturday night victory against the New England Patriots to halt the big winning streak for New England. And here the Colts are as an underdog. You're going to go for it and uh, be a sucker like everybody else and take the Colts, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the biggest sucker. <laughs> Absolutely. This. I completely agree. This is going to be the biggest, the biggest dog bet of the week, for sure. Short road dog, but we love to fade Cliff Kingsbury. This is kind of similar to fading Kyle Shanahan. He's just getting this perception of a guy that like can build up some equity in September through November and then fuck it all up in December. <laughs> he does it every single year, dude. Even back to his days with Patrick Mahomes. At Texas Tech. <laughs> we've seen this. We've seen this year in, year out. It's really a solid spot to fade Cliff Kingsbury. He's not good as a home favorite. We've seen against Cliff Kingsbury, visitors are 13-9 against the spread. Underdogs are 12-8 and against the spread. And then road dogs are nine and four against the spread. So we like the Colts here. I really think the Colts can control the game on the ground. Like we said, at least I said, against New England last week, we really like Indy here. It's just a matter of if you saw this. But Arizona has been a 500 team at home. And they're like, before Detroit last week, they were undefeated on the road. Like it was just kind of a weird home run thing going on there where they couldn't win at home. So, um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. And then, and then winning these, uh, and then also winning these weird games, like wasn't that a Vikings game in Arizona and then the Vikings missed the the walk off field goal. Right. Right. So that kind of, kind of hypes up their, their home field. Yeah. no, no D hop. Their offense looked absolutely anemic against. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just embarrassing. And then, yeah, like I said, we love just fading Kingsbury. There's yeah, something yeah. about him. He just can't yeah, go down the a, road. Like, he's a tool. Like I just, I don't really like him, and I think that he is. Yeah, nothing against him, but not I, really cut out the NFL. Still, yeah. so. he's a he's a college guy for sure. But we'll see if uh, he can uh, find a way to win the division. Not expecting him to stave off the Rams, but we'll see about what happens out there out west. Let's go to the southeast where the Carolina Panthers welcome in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to Charlotte. And, uh, you know, my book is dealing a 10 and I I just could not pass up the double digit home divisional dog here. So I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. I know the quarterback situation for Carolina is a little bit up in the air right now with uh, Looks like Sam Darnold is going to come back and play, and and Cam Newton is going to try and play. And we were talking about it before we jumped on here. It feels weird each week when you look at how anemic the quarterback play has been there with the Panthers, how Joe Brady got scapegoated. But having said all that, you're really just asking Carolina 
to be competent, which they were at times last week against Buffalo, even though the Bills still covered that big number. Uh, And, you know, this almost isn't even about Carolina as much as it is Tampa Bay shorthanded down Chris Godwin. Mike Evans, I think you said, is not going to play either or at least questionable at best. Yeah, Mike Mike Evans is out. He's out, too. So, you know, Antonio Brown, I think, will come back here. But, you know, it's a Tampa team that didn't score a point. They got shut out last week and now they're laying 10. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, how often do you see a team get shut out and then be a 10 point favorite the following week? And uh, last point here, I do think uh, between Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick, it could be there could be enough of a pass rush here for Carolina because the Bucks. we saw what happened last week. It was a defensive clinic from the Saints and, uh, you know, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport off the edge, really making life hell for Tom Brady. So I do think there'll be enough of a pass rush here for Carolina to uh, limit the offense for Tampa Bay. And uh, I think Carolina covers a 10. Yeah, this feels like just a perfect get in, get out spot for Tampa. Just try to win the game. All these weapons off. So we're going to be relying on on Gronk and then Antonio Brown back. I don't think that's quite enough to have this high of a number on the road. I know Tom Brady gave absolutely nothing last week. So. We're expecting just a huge bounce back spot for him to to win this game comfortably. But that's a lot of points and that's too many guys out, way too many weapons. I definitely agree with you on the Carolina side. Let's go to another divisional game with a big line, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles laying 10 against the New York Giants. It's going to be the, the debut, at least the first start of Jake Fromm for Big Blue. Giants did beat the Eagles about a month ago, just after Thanksgiving at MetLife Stadium. Nick Sirianni was placed into health and safety protocols for Philadelphia. So there's a chance that the Eagles don't have their first year head coach on the sideline. We'll see what kind of impact that makes. Certainly the Eagles have been finding something with their ground game during their resurgence to get them into the playoff picture. Uh, But, you know, as the resident Eagles fan here, I will say I'll be at this game. Wanted to catch a game with the brother for the holidays, but I don't see a lot of gambling opportunities here uh, because I, I was talking about it before the Washington COVID stuff popped up and we recorded an episode how I just was a little hesitant to back the Eagles in this big favorite role and they got off to a slow start there in the first quarter last week against Washington and they were they were able to right the ship but I, I just uh, still have some doubts about the Eagles as a big big favorite I mean they struggled and lost the game outright as a short favorite against the New York Giants about a month ago. So this is more just a pass game for me. Uh, obviously, <laughs> not much about the Giants that makes you want to back them. But again, uh, still struggling to trust the Eagles in this price range. This game absolutely stinks. I think the only way you could look is the under. That would be my only look is that you hope the Giants don't don't really put up many points. But Jake Fromm making his first start and the Eagles can stop the ground game. So Barkley probably won't be super successful. I think you can only look to the under. I would not lay the points or I'm not running to back the Giants either. Another game that doesn't exactly excite a lot of people, and even you as our resident Houston Texans guy, uh, probably will stay off this one. <laughs> I might be the biggest. I might be the biggest. Houston Texans I mean, backer. Listen, I, I moved to Houston in, in the a country. month ago, and they cannot pay people to go to their games. 
So, like, I don't know. Like, they maybe they should, you know, hit you up and, you know, you'd be like, all right, sponsor the pod. Fly and me out. Yeah, come, fly I'll me out. And I'll, <laughs> yeah, fly me out and I'll go to a Houston Texans game. I'll, I'll be the biggest Texans fan and take the points only if you fly me uh, out. I was going to say, I think yeah, if you, go, not... you have to, like, come with a <laughs> sign, too, that, like, promotes the pod and, like. Oh, absolutely. Know, like, some kind of yeah, game. I mean, I, I need to be in a suite with the sponsorship from the Texans. That would be the only way I would take the 10 points. And that's the number here, obviously, with the Chargers laying it on the road. You also have the Chargers off of that heartbreaking loss to Kansas City on Thursday night football. Extra time to prepare late in the season, usually a good thing. Yeah. I agree. Don't like laying these numbers in the NFL, but uh, it's definitely not an appetizing dog. That's for sure here with Houston, uh, especially in a weird way. Like, I don't even know if you want to back the Texans coming off of a win. Like, do we trust them to win back to back games or even be competitive two weeks in a row? No, I don't. It's it's just so tough with Davis Mills. You, you just don't know what you're getting and. The defense is really not stopping anyone. So these big numbers, you're hoping for a, a decent offensive performance when you're getting 10. And right. I just don't cross Davis Mills in the spot at all. On we roll to hot Atlanta, where the Atlanta Falcons are six and a half point home favorite against the Detroit Lions. Atlanta's playoff hopes basically crushed after that loss against the 49ers, by the way, just as two Falcons backers, what a brutal loss that was on the plus nine and a half, just routinely fucking it up in the red zone. Is oh, my God, way. dude. Jesus just Christ. Fucking number. They were one for five in the red zone. They scored three points from like <laughs> the five, from like the five yard line. So I worry a it's, little bit as someone that is holding a Falcons over seven and a half wins ticket. I worry a little bit about the get-up and the motivation the week after. Fortunately, it is the Lions, and I'm not going to play this game. Certainly rooting for the Falcons, though, so that I can get within one of my over 7.5. But it sounds like you're saying there's some things going on here with Jared Goff, and he he might not play the game for Detroit. Yeah, I saw that Dan Campbell said Goff was highly unlikely to play, so... If you want to run to bet the Falcons, I would not blame you. I cannot lay either of these numbers, but obviously no golf. I don't see how the lines move the ball. This might be another good under spot. Well, let me bang the drum now or do the virtual drum roll because the next game is my favorite play of the week, and it features the L.A. Rams. Actually, you know what? Excuse me. We're going to before we get to the Rams and Vikings, uh, I skipped a game in the rotation and it's a pretty big one. Cincinnati uh, is it's kind of hard to handicap, though, because we don't yet know the status of Lamar Jackson. Cincinnati, it looks like a bet online is a four point favorite against Baltimore. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say until we know more about Lamar on that one. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. It looks like. That Huntley is in the uh, COVID, or no, it's a non-COVID illness, but he did not practice. But right, I did so grab. It looks like a little grabbed, bit of a uh, marketplace on that game. Yeah, so I I can't I can't advise anyone to play it, but I did grab the Bengals at minus two and a half. So I'm 
I'm gonna just sit on. Oh that. well, yeah. I, there you go. I really like. I really like Cincy. I I just bet it, uh, hoping that Lamar would be out and that it would be Huntley, and this is two and a half, and in Cincinnati, sure, I, I right. like this Bengals team. Okay, Alex, let so, me ask you this: Lamar gets ruled out, and it goes out to like seven, and it's Huntley. Are you coming in from middle, or you're just riding it still? No, I'm just I'm gonna ride it because yeah, I've been absolutely fucking blasted by some closing line value like i had i had army at minus minus four and then that doesn't get there i had the green bay packers at minus five that shot up to to seven when it was huntley and that didn't even fucking happen like this closing line value this year has been brutal you had the vikings they were i think plus two and a half right. against the cowboys and that's cooper fucking rush <laughs> and the Vikings lose the fucking game outright. Why yeah. am I even grabbing these early lines? Like, I'm getting no value. I'm just losing all these closing line values. I mean, the the worst was easily the Vikings as underdogs at home. And then it's Cooper Rush. And then, you know, the Vikings oh, lose outright. Yeah, that, that's a top The one. Cooper Rush. I mean, Speaking what are you doing, though. Kirk? That's yeah, my favorite ahead. play, and I want to I want to jump on it now. Vikings at home, short dog, typical Mike Zimmer spot as he rallies the troops and gets them up in a must-win game against the L.A. Rams. Again, Rams with the cross-country travel, they're about and going into the uh, central time zone, but a 12 noon game central, so 10 a.m. Pacific body clock game. And, you know, this is just a typical Mike Zimmer spot where he – always seems to have his teams, you know, ready to play in these big short line games at home, sneaky home field advantage, as we talked about there in Minnesota Vikings, all the marbles are on the table here for them because they got to go to green Bay next week. It's going to be difficult for Minnesota to win both of these games. So they're absolutely going to have to win one of them. And it's got to be this one. And I'm getting the hook as well at plus three and a half. I know Dalvin cooks out, but they, whitewashed Seattle earlier this year without Cook at home as a short dog. I'm not saying they're going to run right through the Rams, but I think there's a decent chance they can win the game outright. Uh, And so I'm going to take it. Vikings, a lot more desperation here. Not that the Rams are on cruise control or anything, Um, but, you know, and, and, and let's be honest, Rams, if it's not for Cooper Cup, you know, and I know that that's hard to say sometimes, but they were not looking great offensively outside of their MVP candidate last week against Seattle. So, uh, you know, I, I think that Vikings is a home dog. If the Vikings can get 20 points, let's say here, I think that'll be enough to cover this number. And it's Cousins and his nice, comfy one o'clock Eastern kickoff. Skull, skull, skull. Vikings plus three and a half. <laughs> we, love, we love Kirk Cousins at 1 p.m. Eastern. This is such his home field. Obviously, he's at home, but we love him in this comfy spot. There's a few pillars we play on this pod, and it's Mike Zimmer as a home underdog, Teddy Two Gloves as an underdog, certain certain spots like that, Kyle Shanahan as a favorite, especially Mike Tomlin off a loss. Mike Tomlin. As an underdog, we love that. Except yep. not so much, not so much this week against the Chiefs. But those are some of the pillars. Mike Zimmer, 
as a home underdog. Yeah, you just love that. The defense gets up. It's one of the better home crowds. I feel like home field has been very much diluted, but this is one of the home fields that actually matters. This Minnesota home crowd, we love that. We love Mike Zimmer at home as a dog. This is definitely the only side you can look. I don't think there's that huge drop-off from Cook to Madison. Right. Obviously, Cook is, you know, one of the better running backs in the NFL, but Madison fills in very nicely, especially in this in this scheme. There's really not that massive of a drop-off. I don't think it's that much to be concerned. Yeah, he was a third-round pick out of Boise State himself, so it's not like he's some chip off the block or something. So agreement yeah. on the Minnesota side. Let's move forward. Uh, not a lot of uh, reason to watch Jacksonville at the Jets. Uh, and so the Jets are a favorite. How about that? New York laying one and a half. Uh, total stay away, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. But I would lean Jacksonville, unfortunately. Staying in the AFC East, a much more intriguing game as Buffalo goes to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Obviously, we saw what happened Monday Night Football with the Patriots running it down the throats of the Buffalo Bills. And now the Bills look for their revenge as a two-point road dog. I think Buffalo is the only side here. I feel like this is a pros-Joes game where the Joes are going to be on New England having, you know, with that recency bias of what just happened. And I could see, you know, some pro money coming on Buffalo. We've seen the Bills recently. Offense looks like it's getting going. We saw them make that big comeback against Tampa Bay, covered the big number last week against Carolina. But I think you were talking about some COVID problems with Buffalo on the offensive line, which might be a little problematic here. Yeah, so Gabriel Davis, wide receiver, he's on the COVID list. And then Cody Ford, starting offensive lineman, he's on the COVID list. But I did take the – I took the Bills' money line. I don't love it as much as I did earlier in the week. This is a problem with the all this COVID shit popping up. You, you know, you bet a line and then it's not quite as good as it was. But Josh Allen as a, as a road dog is – He's very solid. He's he's nine and three and two ATS as a road underdog. I really I really like the Bills in this spot to just win the game. I mean, we watched that Bills Patriots game in the wind, and that was just perfect for New England to just run the ball up in the middle. But I'm thinking there's not going to be this weather aspect, and the Bills can actually throw the ball which they want to do. They can't run the ball. So, I, yeah, I really like the Bills in this spot. We own Bills money line. Point is well taken about the conditions because I think clearly Buffalo not nearly as suited to play that same kind of ground and pound game in bad weather that New England beat them at in their barn three weeks ago. So I think you look at it here and and you would assume that Buffalo will be able to have some more success throwing the football, higher scoring game might be better for Buffalo as well. But I I agree with you about the offensive line issues for Buffalo uh, being a little bit of a pause reason for pause, at least on the Bills' side, Josh Allen uh, likes to 
run around and you know make some plays himself and yeah so so i i took the bills early in the week i i would advise people to to wait and see and just probably bet it on sunday but i still like the bills to win this game outright i was not very impressed with the patriots last week against the colts i think the bills defense they're gonna figure this out after getting run all over but I would definitely wait. I think you should wait until Sunday and see what's going on with the COVID stuff, see if any of these players are getting back, especially the offensive line is the concern. So I feel like this week we have a bunch of games that are either really fun, like Buffalo, New England, L.A., Minnesota, you know, Cincinnati, Baltimore, et cetera, or really just shitty. And here's another one, Chicago going to Seattle. Both of these teams – are out of the playoff mix. Both may be looking for new coaches. I could certainly see Pete Carroll deciding to step down and call it a career at the end of the year if Seattle decides to go full rebuild. And Chicago, I think it's pretty clear Matt Nagy will be pink-slipped at the end of the year. Nick Foles draws into the starting lineup as the Chicago quarterback. The the Bears are catching six and a half. It's kind of a big number here with a Seattle team that we don't really— This has to be such, such a pass. I mean, right. C- Seattle should right. not be laying this many points. And Nick Foles, we have no idea what we're getting. This is a complete pass. The The Bears offense is just nothing to back. And Seattle at this number, we don't want to back that as well. That's about all there is to it. I mean, the Bears, I was so pissed. Like, they score the last play Monday Night Football. I'm like, go for two, cover. And they don't let them uh, with that new rule that they put in. Yeah, that was, beyond, that was beyond frustrating, but I, I don't want to talk about that Bears. That Bears I was on the Bears. Were you on the Bears, too? <laughs> I was, and I, I really don't want to ever discuss this game again. The, the, <laughs> the penalties were absolutely egregious. There were, some, there were some terrible ones, some phantom ones, and then there were some actually legitimate calls. The Bears just shot themselves in the foot. It, it's an embarrassing team. On we roll to Sin City, divisional game in the AFC West, a loser out game with both of these teams at seven and seven. Broncos heading to the Raiders. I like the Raiders here. Drew Locke getting the start for the Broncos. Not really sure what you're going to get from him, given how much time he has spent on the sideline this year. Raiders just got a walk-off win against the Browns last week. Going back home, the Raiders have been like a weird kind of cyclical team where they have two or three games where they look pretty good, and then they have two or three games where they look like one of the worst teams in the league. I think there might be one last surge here from the Raiders and, uh, you know, the the Broncos, just their offense is a disaster right now, whether it's Bridgewater or Locke. So I don't really see how uh, the Broncos are going to be able to move the ball enough, albeit the Raider defense has looked a little spotty at times. It's weird to say I trust the Raiders a little bit more here, but they're at home in a game that's just pick them. I think the Raiders win this game. Yeah, I love the Raiders here. I like their pass rush a lot. I also don't think Drew Locke can really – use some of those weapons we've seen tim patrick and and uh sutton just go dormant judy has been non-existent i don't think they can really throw the ball and you're gonna see the raiders just shut down this running game which is their number one spot for the broncos i i think the raiders are the only side here up next is probably the marquee late game and it's your steelers going to arrowhead Eight and a half point underdog 
in this one. COVID problems during the week for Kansas City. Definitely want to monitor the statuses of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Alex, what do you think? Steelers, is this kind of the the last hurrah for them with that big win last week against Tennessee? Are they going to be able to go to Kansas City and at least keep it close? I lean that way. I I I, I strongly lean that way. I haven't played it yet, but I've been strongly looking at the Steelers. I don't think Kansas City is quite that good. I'm still looking back at that Denver Broncos game where they needed a defensive touchdown to actually cover. And then we saw last week, I don't know, they should have won that game. That was all Brandon Staley giving up nine points and not kicking the field goal. Right. Yeah, that's a good I, point. I, I, I just don't, I don't think the Chiefs are that great. Their You're not defense sold is on them playing. being back the way others are. No, they are absolutely not back. Their defense has been playing really well. But like you said, those COVID issues, it, if, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey can't go. I mean, this is a great number to grab right now. Just it's it's similar to the spot that I thought the the Ravens would be in. Like you, you just take Cincinnati, hoping that Lamar Jackson's out, and now it looks like that Hundy might not play. So you just kind of grab this number and hope that those two players don't play. Those are two best players on their offense. How are they going to move the ball? The defense has been better, but like we're saying, they they barely covered against the Broncos. Yeah, I'm with you on this. I mean, it was uh, they they looked better the last couple of weeks those divisional games against the Raiders and Chargers, but uh, I'm hesitant to just expect them to coast now through the AFC and the Steelers maybe that's kind of a as I said last hurrah type win where they after the Minnesota game where they didn't play well most of the game they come back and they you know grind one out against the Titans I would expect a similar kind of game here where you maybe look to Pittsburgh and under it might correlate a little bit because I don't see Kansas City I think the under is a good look as well yeah Yeah, I I don't see Kansas City thriving as much in a lower scoring game. Let's wrap up with the primetime games. Washington going to Dallas. Of course, the football team, one of the COVID riddled teams last week, but it seems like they're getting more guys back. It's all over though for the football team. At least you would think at six and eight, it's going to be difficult for Washington to get back in the playoff mix. Dallas laying 10 though, total of 47. Alex, you like Dallas. And I think this one is more predicated upon the fact that Dallas's offense has kind of been in neutral, you know, for a car analogy and give the Cowboys credit for their defense really coming on the way it has this year. But in the NFL, if you're going to lay a big number, you better have an offense that can score almost any time. And that's not Dallas right now. Yeah, I think Dallas can wake up. Their defense has been playing really well. I think the only side to look here is Dallas, but, they have way better offensive weapons than Washington does right now. Logan Thomas on the IR. So it just really leaves it up to Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. And I think Dallas can stop the run. So, you know, you got Heineke back. He's going to start. I I just don't see Washington putting up enough points. I think Dallas is the only side to look here. Dallas is the only side, huh? Yeah, I think I think you have to look Dallas. Yeah, okay. I mean, I just uh, 
maybe it is a little kind of a season ender factor for Washington where the football team just kind of taps it's out. It's a lot but, of points, but I, I, I think they're kind of dead after that, that loss to the Eagles. I mean, they have to win out and I just don't see them even being competitive now. Lastly, in the Big Easy, a game that Monday Night Football really lucked out here with the Dolphins' resurgence and the Saints also better the last couple of weeks. But New Orleans having some COVID problems. Dolphins now a short two-and-a-half-point road favorite total of just 37-and-a-half in this one. And, uh, you know, given it looks like it's going to be Ian Book for New Orleans – it's another one of those games where it's just like, how the hell do I have any confidence in what I'm getting <laughs> how from? Fuck do you, how the fuck do you book this? Like, you have to just, you have to just. You, I see what you did there. How, how the hell do you book this? <laughs> you got to blindly play Miami. That's the only side. You're not trusting Ian Book. Although I saw, I saw starters in their first, their first game ever are very good against us, Brad, but. Ian Book, we've seen him on Notre Dame. Guy's very mediocre. Miami defense, I think they can definitely keep this close. Yeah, you have to think Miami under, but you're saying that number's 36. It's so it's low. Insane. 37 and yeah, you, you would have to look to the under still. Maybe your first half under. Miami is the only play here. Yeah, I mean, we did see, and that's a good point, uh, how it feels low, but remember, this is the Saints defense that just shut out the box. Exactly, <laughs> and how are the Saints going to score? Ian Book, I, I do not trust him at all making his first start. Yeah. And Miami yeah. is pretty good at turning the ball over, so I think we'll see a couple of turnovers. That That's the only way that a game can go over is that you is see if you turn the right. turnovers. Short fields. Exactly. Yeah, so you see Ian Book throw some dumbass interceptions, which is why I I would just take the Miami side instead of the under because 36 is so low. There he is. He's Alex Uplinger at full underscore slate pod running our podcast account. I'm Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on gambling Twitter. Got in and got out kind of like the – Who's a double-digit favorite that's going to get ending? Oh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. That that's what we just did. Bucks, the, the Bucks, Bucks are going to get in and get out, and the they're not going to cover yeah. against the Panthers. We were your double-digit road favorite that put in the work <laughs> on Christmas, and we got in and got out with a pod. <laughs> Absolutely, we're uh, we're going to win the game, but we're not covering the spread. We're not covering the spread for you. So there you Absolutely go. Absolutely not. Alex, thanks a lot, my guy. Uh, Merry Christmas and enjoy the holidays. See you, buddy. Merry Christmas. Right, Have a great night.